Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Haunted Nights, live with Tamara Thorne and Alistair Cross. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Thorn and Cross Haunted Nights Live. First of all, we would like to thank W.J. Pierce for creating and performing our music. Welcome aboard. Uh, we're your hosts, Alistair Cross, and I'm here with my co-host and collaborator, Tamara Thorne. Thank you for joining us. Uh, before we introduce tonight's guest, I'm going to turn it over to Tamara, who's going to tell you what we're working on now. I am. We're working on getting published is what we're working on. Uh, June 15th, my new novel, Brimstone, comes out um, in paper and ebook. It's uh, a coming-of-age story set in 1968, so the music's really good. The Brimstone Grand Hotel, owned by reclusive former movie star Delilah Devine, looms high on hospital, harboring long-buried family secrets that whisper of unimaginable horrors, horrors that will echo down through generations. Within the walls of the Brimstone Grand, the past has come back to life, and Holly Tremaine and her grandmother Delilah are faced with an ancient familial evil that rages just below the old hotel's serene facade, an evil that won't rest until it possesses Holly, body, mind, and soul. And Alistair, um, his new book comes out in July, And it's The Silver Dagger, book two in the Vampires of Crimson Cove series. And it picks up where the first book, The Crimson Corset, leaves off. Life in Crimson Cove has been good to the Coulter brothers since Gretchen Van Treese was staked and her horde of vampires scattered. But when she rises from the grave, the brothers are torn apart, their lives and the peace between them shattered. Meanwhile, a serial killer is stalking the little mountain town, leaving a trail of blood that leads to a truth Sheriff Ethan Hunter doesn't want to face. The streets are no longer safe, nor the forested paths, for a new and unknowable evil has come to Crimson Cove, and everyone, vampire and human alike, must come together in order to survive. Alistair. All right, the first book in the series is uh, The Crimson Corset, and that's available on Amazon.com in paper and ebook. Uh, also, if you're a vampire fan, you might want to check out its companion novel, Darling Girls, which is a Thorn and Cross collaboration. And also, uh, we're working uh, our the latest installment of our serial novel, Ravencrest Exorcism, which is called Retribution, is <clears throat> available now on Amazon. 
Uh, again, you're listening to Thorn and Cross, Haunted Nights Live. You can learn more about what we do at our websites, which are alistaircross.com and tamarthorn.com. You can visit our mutual blog at thornandcross.wordpress.com, or if you tweet, our handle is at thorncross, or you can find us at crossalister at tamarthorn. Uh, be sure to vi- you can also visit our Haunted Nights Live page on Facebook. Uh, for more information on the show, you can visit Authors on the Air on Facebook, Twitter, and at authorsontheair.com. This is a broadcast of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network, LLC. Uh, tonight, we're very excited to have back one of our favorites, uh, three-time International mm-hmm. Horror Guild Award winner Glenn Hirschberg's novels include The Snowman's Children, The Book of Bunk, Motherless Child, Good Girls, and Nothing to Devour. Hirschberg is also the author of four widely praised story collections, The Two Sams, American Morons, The Janistry, and The Ones Who Are Waving. Hirschberg is a five-time World Fantasy Award finalist, and in 2008, he won the Shirley Jackson Award for the novelette The Janistry. With Peter Atkins, who we also love, and Dennis Etchison, mm-hmm. who we have yet to meet, he co-founded the Rolling Darkness Review, an annual reading live music performance event that tours the West Coast of the United States every fall and has also made international appearances. Uh, Glenn's latest book is Nothing to Devour, which is the last book in the Motherless Child trilogy. And today we're going to be talking a little bit about that, among other things. That said, welcome to the show, Glenn. How are you doing? Uh, great yeah. to be back. What busy little zombie bunnies you two have been. That's an impressive <laughs> rap stuff coming out. <laughs> oh, he makes us work really hard. Alistair has a whip and he uses it. Oh, Jay, I know about I you and the whip and using it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, um, uh, I, I have a question for you that's actually, um, before we get going, uh, that's actually a very self-serving question that I'm curious about. Uh, in the studio before the show started, we were talking about uh, blurbs. Uh, and um, yours is a trilogy, and I'm curious, how do you go about getting blurbs for your for your trilogy? Do you do, like, uh one, do you get new ones for every book in the trilogy, or, or how, how do you handle that? So there's no one answer to that, and it is just one of the many hateful, hard parts of the business right? side of our business, right? <laughs> I mean, right? It's, just, it's just so awkward because it is a game, first of all, and everybody knows it, you know, um, that it meaning – that, I mean, there are people who, if you contact them for a blurb and they have the time to read it, which sometimes they really don't, and that really has to be okay, but they will yeah. actually read the book and comment on it. There are also people who will just throw you one because they like you, and that's, I'm not you know, poo-pooing that. There's nothing wrong with that. But I think readership also knows that the blurbs, they are what they are, and it's hard mm-hmm. to escape a quid pro quo thing. It's also hard. I, I've been really lucky. Um, the field in general has been really generous in giving me blurbs. And not only the field, I've been able to score some from the literary establishment and all of that. And I am so grateful for every single person who took the time to do that for me. At the same time, it hasn't cured me at all of the awkwardness of asking Sometimes the publisher will do it. There are times when the publisher will do it. 
Um, and that's its own brand of weirdness, where they contact someone they've worked with or have a book with and, you know, yeah. say, hey, will you, will you blurb this other thing? And, again, it's, it's great when people can. It's important. Mm-hmm. I guess I feel like the answer to your question, Alistair, uh, let me circuit, circle back, is I kind of feel like, at least for now, that I'm, I would like to think I'm done asking for blurbs for a while. I have, there aren't that many people whose input would really, would be so gratifying to me who haven't already said something nice about me. I don't need, yeah. I mean, there are always people I'd love to hear from, but I don't need more. And I've been lucky, I've been lucky with blurbs, I've been lucky with um, with critical reception, not always so lucky with with you know, sales numbers, that whole thing. But um, so I feel like I have things to put on the back of the book, and that's really all that it's for. I guess I do not believe, I don't believe that blurbs make a huge difference. I believe they can install confidence in your publisher. They can Mm -hmm. make you, they can validate you. I mean, honestly, one of the best, most validating experiences of my writing life was when um, Carolyn Graff contacted Ramsey Campbell about possibly blurbing the two Sams. And he wrote back, he, they sent it to him, and he wrote them back and said, no, I don't want to blurb it. I want to write an introduction. And then he, oh, wow. he wrote me this thing, and it was so lovely and generous. And, you know, he took the – Ramsey's done this for a number of people. But I was so appreciative, and I remember calling my dad and saying – and reading it to him. I've had Ramsey Campbell on my bookshelf since I was eight years old. And when that mm-hmm. happened, my dad had the great line, said, it's like your bookshelves are talking to you. Um, and I think yeah, that was no. the first time I actually felt like the real thing, which, you yeah, know, doesn't laugh. I love that. <laughs> Yeah, so anyway, I mean, you know what? I love that. Him. I love that yeah. answer because it because it uh, it's you know after you get some really good ones and you're really happy with it. It's like, do you, is yeah. there something you keep doing and doing and doing and doing? I think you can. <laughs> I think there's nothing wrong with it. But I also feel like at a certain point, you know, like I there's certain people who have been so generous to me. I don't really want to go back to them for the third time. Yeah. Well, more. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Please, sir. And really, exactly. with a series or tri- with a series or trilogy, too. When, once you have some blurbs for the first book, I would think you don't really need so much I really continuing think, on. I really think that that's true. And what you need is, I do think what you need is the right blurb, and you don't always know what it is. You know, you need no. the person who's going who's gonna to give you a phrase that your, you or your publisher is going to feel like that. That's the book I meant. Yes. To, you know, that's the book I want people to know I wrote. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Honestly. Yeah. Right. Possibly the best blurb I wasn't actually given. Um, <laughs> when The Snowman's Children was, was about to be published, um, mm-hmm. my, my father – and uh, my brother are both uh, – one of the things they both did at various points in their lives is they were commercial artists. And um, they, I asked for permission 
for both of them to submit um, possible book covers. Uh, both of them mm-hmm. submitted beautiful covers, and Carol and Graf wound up using a very nice cover uh, of their own. But my brother went all in on this, and on the back of his, he had a mock blurb uh, from Stephen King, that, who is the only, yeah. I have to say, that's someone who someday, it'd be nice if he ever, if Wouldn't he likes it? my yeah. stuff, if he even knows who I am, mm-hmm. which no reason to think he does. That's one that would still be <laughs> pleasant to get. But, yes. you know, um, but my brother had a mock blurb from Stephen King that said, uh, what is it? It's like uh, To Kill a Mockingbird Meets Silence of the Lambs. And I'm not sure there's <laughs> ever been a better description of my basic mode than that. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So nice. we couldn't so use it. Me. It wasn't a real blurb, but boy, that's right. what I was looking for. <laughs> right. So. I remember All when right. it came so out. That was when we met. Yep. Yeah, and you had written that, and I had just, I read that, and I had read, um, is it Mystic River, the one they made yeah. into a movie? Yeah. And I could not understand for the life of me why that was well known. You know, it was getting all the press because I loved your book so much more than that. Oh, thank you. It's Sorry. so good. It still <laughs> is. I love that book. It's excellent. Alistair, you should read it. I've got it's a fun great. for you right there. I will. That, okay. That, I will. Uh, that uh, you know, has been optioned a couple times uh, for a possible uh-huh. movie that never happened. Um, at least it hasn't yet. Um, one of the times it got optioned, um, I, I teach also, and the um, the producer sent a kid. It was probably mm-hmm. he wasn't much older than my students, maybe twenty, twenty one, uh, to the office of the high school where I was teaching, where he met me mm-hmm. to pick up a copy of the book. And he takes the book and he looks at me and he says. It's just like Mystic River, right? They think it's just like they think it's going to be just like Mr. R- oh. Mystic River, and they're really excited about making that movie that's just like Mystic River, and then they left. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it wasn't like Mystic River enough. So. No, it was so much better. There was well, a feel, a similar feel that that was. I see it. why people make that comparison for sure. Yeah. 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 Only yours was far more likable. Well, thank you. I'm, I, you know, honored <laughs> to be put in that conversation, but I, I think they're different books. So, well, They are different books. Yeah. There's, there's something in the thematic. I, I don't remember anymore now, but yeah. Yeah, I yeah. can see why it would be compared, but it was, no, 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 no. Um, <laughs> so we we need to talk about the new stuff. Okay. Um, yes. Which I am trying to find. Um, <laughs> Alistair, nothing to devour. There you go. Uh, so, yes, so this is the, this is the third. This is the third, and I believe final in the, the last Motherless book of Child the Motherless Children trilogy. trilogy yeah, which mm-hmm. the All trilogy. Right. I remember um, last time we were on. I told you the story of the bizarre way that this happened. You know, it was really kind of serendipitous. I would. It was originally a short story that I refused to write because. I don't write vampire <laughs> stories, I said. Um, and, I did. and then uh, a year later, I you know, woke up and realized, oh, God, I know what happens five minutes after the end of that story. Wrote Motherless Child, um, produced what I still, you know, I don't know what anybody else thinks. For me, I don't think I'm ever likely to produce 
an ending that I'm more satisfied with than the end of Motherless Child. And it really puts a pretty neat cap on things. And then mm-hmm. when I went to uh, to sell that, I was astonished to, the you know, when Tor bought it, they said, yeah, we'll, so we'll buy that and two more. And my initial reaction in my head, although at least I'd learned enough not to say it, was, no, I don't write vampire trilogies. Uh, <laughs> And then again, it took you know a week, and I realized, oh, mm, I could. And then it was it wound up being it was very difficult for me. I mean, I, I I think you both have that was a new learning experience for me. I I, I like reading series, but I'd really never considered writing one. And the series kept unfolding in front of me and surprising me. And it's interesting, the arc of it, because the story, I think, I discovered it as I wrote it. I did not – I do think it all fits together, and it fits together in a way that makes me feel like it was meant to be a trilogy all along. But I didn't start out that way. And what I learned – it's funny, the arc of it – again, this may just be to me. But Motherless Child, which is the most flat-out, bloody, straight-up, horror thing I pro- I, I'm probably going to write. I always write you know, a little bit. I mix genres a lot. The second book, maybe even more so, but also started to get really, really uh, character-driven. And the third, Nothing to Devour, almost comes full circle to me where I feel like, God, I'm almost back to Snowman's children tone with vampires. Uh, where it, okay. the book, it, the trilogy almost it starts loud, and gets more shadowy and quieter as it goes. So yeah. it's interesting to me. So I hope I hope people find it and find it interesting. I sure had a good time writing it, which I wasn't expecting to. Was it hard yeah. wrapping it up in terms of like uh, e- emotionally, like because uh, you spend a lot of time? I mean, that's three books, and and we know. You know what goes into that? That's a lot of time and a lot yep. of energy spent. That's a lot. Uh, it, having to wrap that up and be like, okay, you know, I, I'm this is it. I'm done. Was it how 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 did that feel? I think I am a naturally restless writer. I I really I there's so many things I love to read and so many things I love to write, and so by the time um, I was done. I never got sick of it because it kept surprising me and it kept doing things. I got to the end of Nothing to Devour and felt like I'm actually, again, who knows what other people will think, but I wound up feeling really good about it, feeling like that held me all the way through and brought me to a really disquieting, interesting place. Um, But I was ready to move on by the time I wrote the end. So right, I, I think right. it ended at exactly the, the perfect moment. And I think I can say the following sentence and actually mean it this time. I don't write vampire trilogy sequels. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you. Isn't that funny how that happens, though? Because, yes. I mean, it was, the same, it was the same thing for me, too. I'm like, it just, I didn't want, that's never what I thought, that's never what I saw myself doing, and yet mm-hmm. it's what I'm doing right now. And it just, for some reason, for the idea that I had, I thought, you know, what would really make this work is vampires. 
I'm like, oh, God, all really? right. Really? <laughs> so, so you and I love it now. Real, you know? you came, they came and knocked on your window. Like for yeah, you, they, exactly. they – that's, that's great. Mine was so – mine was uh, – yeah, I guess kind of the same. You know, it, it was originally an invitation to an anthology, and I said uh-huh. no, and then there they were in my head saying, but we want right. to come in. Will you let us in? Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, you know, and I do think like ghosts, like, like the most the most fungible and useful um, archetypes in – you know, in horror, there's so much you can do with them. It's amazing how much right. I found that was interesting to me and didn't feel like I was completely riffing on and ripping off somebody else to right, do right. with that. Because there's a thousand things written in the – I mean, so much so that I think Tor has has really struggled figuring out how to market it uh, right. because it it's it has many different tones and it has it <laughs> winds up in this kind of soulful introspective place hopefully while still hopefully delivering the goods in terms of scares and you know all of that um and i think that it's challenging the vampires that you know Twilight is a very different story than pick any other vampire thing. You got your paranormal romance, <laughs> right. you got your blood. And they're all technically vampire stories, but that is about the only thing you could say many of the vampire things being written have in common, which is amazing. And, and yeah. that's true. It, it yeah. is. And it's like, yeah. it, 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 how do you, and it's interesting too, because how do you find, no, it, not only is each vampire story uh, totally different fr- from the next, but the vampires themselves. I mean, you've got the the real right. uh, common things, you know, like aversions to crosses or garlic or, you know, no reflection yep. in the mirror, have to be invited in, whatever. But everybody is doing their own version of that. So not mm-hmm. only are the stories so different, but the vampires are so different. Every time you read a vampire novel, you are getting a whole different breed. It's like people selecting from their religious traditions. It's like, you know, selecting, picking the things from their parents' traditions that they liked Mm -hmm. uh, and then adding their own and a little bit of interfaith stuff. I mean, you know, mine, I never use the word vampire in the trilogy. Um, Nice. They they are what they are. The characters refer to them as different things. And that's one of the things that kept me going was they are the monsters in these specific people's lives. And then the other thing was just that I did – if I'm dealing with anything that does what those things do, they have to be scary. Um, right. Yeah. Just, right. I've never saw that as romantic. Um, right. No. <laughs> so uh, for me, mine were going to be alarming, but that didn't mean they were going to be, you know, they're not suave. They're not Dracula. I wanted to do something else, and I think the way I found forward, I don't know about you, Alistair, was just trying to stay stick with my characters and do mm-hmm. what was what would be scary and powerful to them, right. uh, and yeah. sort of use that as a guide. Exactly. Yeah. So, what are some of the things that you did with your vampires in terms of uh, legend and lore, and you know the old tropes? Uh, what, what are some of the things that you what 
what are some of the ways that you uh, deviated from the, the uh, beaten well, path, so to speak? One of the things, uh, you know, I I am most frequently, when I write horror, my instincts are always ghost story instincts. And so one of the things <laughs> I did was I do give hints of an origin myth, but it's specific to this clan. I don't try and do a medical science thing. There aren't enough uh-huh. of them. This is this thing, and it is born – I mean – there's an element definitely where they're they're born seemingly out of moments of appalling and intense hatred um, and there uh there's a, a line that that I had fun I had a lot of fun with a uh, a confrontation near the end where the most interesting vampire in the book to me who uh in the series to me who is probably the lead character in the series, but she's arguing with the protagonist of the last two books. And one of the things she says is, I have no jihad, little girl. Um, That she's talking about the way she thinks about preying on people. And she talks about, um, you know, when I do it, and a lot of, also, Here's what I focused on a lot. A lot of what I focused on is if this happened to you and you had any shred of humanity left, how do you go about deciding who you kill? Right. Um, and so, like, the vampires that dominate a lot of the book have a whole system um, that I based on this really weird thing out of actual history, folk history that swept through a lot of the African-American tenant farmer communities um, and slave camps in the South uh, called Policy, which was both a a lottery kind of numbers racket and a system of dream interpretation. Um, And so I was playing with that and with with race-based anger and with – and, you know, really wanting not to trivialize but to focus on the way these very human disconnections – can cause ruptures that distort everything that we are. So fascinating. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I've I've read I've read the first two um and loved them. I have not Thank read you. the third one yet, but I'm totally looking forward yeah. to it. These uh one of the most For unique sure. uh <clears throat> yeah, very unique uh, but but not so unique that, you know, they don't spark. Everyone will recognize the vampires, <laughs> even though I don't say that. Right. I think. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, of course, before we, before we let you go, though, what what can you tell us what you're working on now? What's next? So, as, as with you all and all the things you're working on, I am yet again, as we always are. Why do all of the crossroads lead to more crossroads? Um, <laughs> I am. There are three stories that were in my last story collection called "The Ones Who Are Waving." Uh, the stories are about these two characters. Uh, their names are Normal and Nadine. Uh, the guy is also known as the Collector, and he doesn't collect anything. He helps other collectors complete, or he prevents them from completing very obscure and very strange collections, and. Those stories 
got some really nice response from some people. And so one of the things I'm working on is a novel and stories about those two characters. Uh, and I'm having a wow. lot of fun with those two. And I also, I have finished something that God knows what the world is going to make of this if they get to see it, which I hope they do. Um, I went completely, you asked about how I felt when I finished the trilogy. Here's how I felt. I wrote a book, a novel and stories called All Happy People, which the title is completely unironic. And it is a book about uh, taking, you know, the Tolstoy, Anna Karenina opening about um, all happy families are like all sad families are sad in their own way. Basically mm-hmm. challenging that, flipping it, and trying to write a memorable, soulful, interesting set of stories about people who have somehow, despite the world and despite everything that life throws at you, found their way toward actually satisfying and meaningful life. So nice, it's nice. the least angsty thing I can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it, that's great, though. You probably need it after all, uh, all of what you were doing. It, it, was, it cleansed, <laughs> cleansed me for sure. And it also, I do think there's something, I hope, it feels fresh to me. It feels like something, and maybe it's just because, you know, it's fresh to me. It's not Motherless Child mm-hmm. and all those books. But I sure had a great time writing it. It was a different kind of really interesting character to me to get to know. So I've just finished that, and I'm just starting to cautiously, you know, hunt a home for that, working on the normal and Nadine pieces, and then there's a whole bunch of other stuff that's too new to talk about. Um, but that's right. right. Well, if, yeah, uh, if our listeners want to uh, keep up on this, um, where can they find out more about you and what you do? Well, so the best place right now is probably I'm uh, trying to be more diligent about making sure that glennhirschberg.com, the website, is updated. <laughs> I have a Facebook, but I'm, I've been, yeah, I haven't been there all that often lately, and I think like you, as we were discussing before, um, I haven't yet made the move to Instagram. Um, Twitter just made me nervous. <laughs> so, <laughs> it does, doesn't it? Uh, so I, I think my website <laughs> for now. Um, okay. And also, so I'm working on a bunch of things with the website, and by the end of June, that should be totally up to date with, uh, reviews and uh, there's a news blog that you can subscribe to and like that. So I think that's the best place for the moment. All right. And is Excellent. that, is that glennhirschberg.com? Correct. Just my name. All, all right. It seems right. to me we were okay. talking with your, your compatriot, Pete Atkins, about having you guys come back around Halloween too. That would be a lot yeah. of fun. Pete, uh, okay. Pete, did he tell you about the audio books he's doing? No. Oh, uh, you have that. So did. people should also check out the Rolling Darkness Review page and Pete's blog because he's he's working on a bunch of projects that I think are just uh, are great and um, Pete's work deserves so much more readership than it has right this second. He's really terrific. So. Oh, great. Yeah, we love yeah, him. Cool. We'll, we love we'll, him. We'll be in touch about the date. 
Yeah, okay, good. <laughs> we Looking will. forward to it always. Thanks, okay. thanks as right. always for having me on. Oh, we you love you. <laughs> Thank you for coming on, and you're welcome back anytime. We absolutely adore you, and we will be in touch. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you for being on. All right, and thank care. you, everybody, for listening. Um, we uh, appreciate it. And until next week, we wish you haunted nights. And sweet screams. Thank you for listening. Haunted Nights, live with Tamara Thorne and Alistair Cross. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.